You're listening to the Real Estate Insider Podcast, a bold look at reality, news, analysis, strategies, and opinions, direct from the veteran team at the Rain Research Institute, with today's host, real estate strategist, Russell Westcott. On this exclusive recording, we're going to offer to you a little bit of guiding light during times of economic change some much-needed perspective to make sense of some of the current market conditions and newspaper headlines, and finally, some easy-to-implement action steps to handle changing market conditions. To help us navigate through these uh, waters, I've asked two experts to be on the line tonight, so without any further delay, please welcome to the line Mr. Don R. Campbell and Mr. Patrick Francie. Good evening, gentlemen. Nice to be here. Nice to be here, Russ. Thanks for both for taking time out of your busy schedule. You know what? We have the great honor and opportunity of going across the country, talking to investors. And Don, I know you go internationally and you talk to people from all over the world. What are we seeing going on in uh, the Canadian economy and real estate markets? I know there's a, you know, there's differences from Eastern Canada and Western Canada. Maybe from your perspective, Don, what what are you seeing that's going on in the marketplace right now? Well, it's really quite interesting. About I I, I looked it up and and we had predicted January two years ago that the market was going to become incredibly regional over the next five years. And, and that has really come to, coming to fruition. Those of you who are listening and are investing in Ontario have a different outlook than those who are investing in Alberta right now. And um, that's increasingly more important that you have your local perspective. Uh, we have to remember that the uh, National Post Group, you know, the Post Group Media, laid off an awful lot of veteran reporters. So that means that the news that you're going to start receiving across the country is a lot more general, um, more computer-written, and or more national. And um, it's, so it's going to be much more difficult now for, your, for investors to find data that's going to be regional to, the, to them. So that's why uh, I, I love what we do, because we're like the ultimate in regional right down to neighborhoods. But you know what are, what are we seeing? Well, well, frankly, you're seeing a lot of confusion in the market, no matter where you are. Um, you're seeing uh, the Toronto market and the Vancouver market going crazy still, and the, the you know the call for the bubble to burst and the call for that it's never going to burst. We're a world class city, you know, all the stuff we, we always witness in these types of cities that are on fire. And then you see other markets that are going really well, like growing at the exact right pace. It's almost like the Goldilocks of real estate. You've got Hamilton, you've got Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, you have Winnipeg. Um, you know, those types of markets, you, you, you even see out in the Fraser Valley in Vancouver area, you know, out in Abbotsford and and um, up in Fort St. John, you're seeing markets that are growing okay, right? They're nice and strong and, and frankly, boring. And then you, have, and then you have the prairies. Now, the prairies are struggling at the moment. Now, more so in Alberta than in Saskatchewan at currently. So you've got all these different regions performing differently, and then investors trying to make decisions on what to do with their money with a national outlook instead of a regional outlook. And, and, I, and I believe that's incredibly scary. And Patrick, I know you've been in business for, for many decades. You've owned numerous uh, business ventures. You've been an investor for, for quite a while. And you've seen, you know, you've seen downturns and you've seen sideways and you've seen up markets. What's, what, do you, what is your sense on what's happening right now? Or is there any differences in what you've seen in the past or things fallen into place to what you've seen uh, throughout the years? Well, you know, it's interesting that uh, what I've seen 
you know, over the years, and I think, and I know Don would, you know, see this as well, is that one of the differences between, uh, let's say, uh, a downward trend happening in Alberta or what's going, or what's not happening in Ontario, which is the same kind of trend, uh, and what happened years ago was that we are at the effect of technology and the way headlines are hitting, uh, hitting our inboxes and on the internet and in the newspapers, and so we're really at the effect of the media far more than we were many years ago. You know. In other downturns, you know, let's say 20 years ago, uh, we'll talk about the early, you know, late early 90s. No, yeah, late 80s, early 90s kind of, of thing. You know, you you didn't have that kind of uh, instant contact of what's happening economically and the technology. So a lot of what is happening uh, emotionally is driven by technology. So that's one of the things that I've experienced. So to your point earlier on, Russell, is when we talked about we travel we travel from one kind of end of Canada to the other, and uh, we see, you know, it's one thing to read the headlines, but what we experience when we're talking to uh, RAIN member real estate investors, so the conversations I'm having with Ontario is, you know, members is significantly different than I'm having with Alberta RAIN members and what they're experiencing right now, given what's going on in Alberta. But the long and short of it is, is that having said of all of that, it's never as bad as the headlines are saying it is. And it's been very interesting the past few months to talk to members and investors who are actually in it, in the trenches, and their experience is definitely different. Not that people aren't being challenged in Alberta or, uh, you know, Ontario is not facing the same kind of challenges. It's just that it's different than the headlines are, are, are saying that it is. So there's a, there's a reality and there's a perception of reality based on what the media is driving. So, you know, Don, that's, I think, you know, I've talked about that kind of stuff in the past, but over this many years of being in business, that's one of the biggest things that I've seen is just how dark and uh, why we have to do the work we do as RAIN and research uh, in behind what's going on with headlines because the media really, really can drive it hard. Or, you know, the, the watchwords that we're using right now are, is stay out of the fray and you own the day, and that's increasingly more important. Uh, and here's a funny thing, uh, not funny, but uh, uh, actually a sad uh, statement of what happens is in your Facebook feed alone, because of because and often on Facebook where we we surround ourselves with our friends and people who think the same way, that no matter what no matter what the economy is doing, if you're surrounded by people who are always going to find the the really crappy stories to share, you can get really beat up very quickly on social media. You know, so you have to be careful that you don't just surround your data. And your and your information sources with people who think exactly like you, or else you'll just go into some either dark place, or if you're in Toronto or Vancouver or other market that's really outperforming, you won't pay close attention to the lessons that a slowdown uh, in Alberta or Saskatchewan can teach you about building your portfolio during t- great times, still building it with a defensive uh, approach, an offense and defensive approach, defensive. and that's super important. If you're sitting in Toronto right now, you're sitting in Vancouver, and you're thinking you're the king of the castle, love it, that's fantastic. There's nothing like feeling great, but at the same time, don't be an investor. Be a strategic investor, and there's a big difference, and that is that you you really do design your portfolio to perform in all market conditions. And, and, and I, you actually, I, no, go ahead there, please, Patrick. Please. I, I just want to, you know, go back to what we keep hitting on here, and, and we've, we've always said it's so regional, and uh, we have to be really cautious that when we're looking and doing our research, 
that it is applicable to where we're at. I want to just touch base on Vancouver a little bit. You know, Vancouver is such an odd market, as we know. It's it's even, of course, different than Toronto. They're both two big markets, and they do things that seem to be out of the ordinary in terms of what drives real estate. You know, I look at Vancouver, and sometimes, you know, so many people that are investing in Vancouver, it's like a big resort town, so it doesn't have to make any sense. You know, people, that's a lifestyle choice that they make. What the, you know, and that's just one view of it and, and part of my view of it. But the big thing here is that when we look at a regional uh, decision around investing, when you're, what happens, of course, is the ripple of that is that everything moves out and, and starts in the case of Vancouver, goes to the lower mainland, it opens into the Fraser Valley, so it's driving prices. I literally just the other day had a conversation with some uh, friends of mine and acquaintances in, in Langley who have experienced 20% growth in a house price, their house prices in Langley over the past 11 months. Hmm. And that's not because that, you know, all of a sudden jobs are there and it's more in migration, but it's even, uh, it, I don't even, the word isn't really in migration, it's, it's really affordability keeps going further east from Vancouver in this case, right? The and ripple effect it is. Yeah, the ripple, the ripple effect. effect is huge. You know, years ago, I share the story because years ago, I used to spend time in Aspen, Colorado. Aspen, this, you know, the town of Aspen became that place of where all of the uber wealthy went. Well, what happened was is that money moving into Aspen drove all of the locals out. They couldn't afford to live there anymore, and they all moved down Valley, which then, of course, increases the prices there. And that's kind of, this reminds me, Vancouver reminds me of that exact same scenario. It's mm-hmm. a ripple effect. But once again, it's regional, you know, that's what we have to pay attention attention to there. I think that's a really key point about uh, you guys both said something really, really key. The regional is, is key is match your strategy based upon the regional conditions. And Don, I had a little chuckle when you were talking about, you know, your Facebook feed and everybody. I, I honestly thought that the world was coming to end over pipelines uh, with just watching my Facebook feed one evening. So Pipeline gate, we'll call it. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and anything like in Ontario, the the new pension plan coming out. You know, if you fall, have a bunch of friends about uh, who are intelligent and pay attention, <laughs> the commentary on the pension, the new pension plan coming out in January 2017, and how that's going to negatively affect the economy in Ontario. You know, you'd think that the world was ending there too. So it it, it really is important to keep perspective. And uh, but 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 frankly. Um, there are lessons to be learned for those in the down market. Um, man, I should have played more offense and more defense. And there's lessons of those who are uh, in the upper markets and the markets that are moving forward and doing incredibly well. It's like, how do I protect, how do I buy and protect my portfolio now for when the inevitable music stops? You know, that real estate is just like a game of musical chairs. You know, you, it's fun and it's exciting and everyone's giggling when the music's playing and they're, we're all running around in circles. And then all of a sudden, the music stops. It just might just pause for a year. It might pause for five years. It might pause for eight months, like the Great Recession. But at the same time, if you don't have a chair to sit down, you don't have that defensive position, um, you're left hanging, and you're out. You're out of the game. So it's just it's that. And, and I also want to stress that we here, you know, Patrick, you and I talked about this yesterday. We're in the trenches with investors. So we, you know, we're paying attention, very, very close attention to the economics of all the provinces uh, across the country because we're in those provinces. And uh, and and you could say, oh, that's a pretty selfish way to look at it. I said, well, of course it's a selfish way to look at it because we're right beside you as as an investor. Uh, this isn't some crazy theory. You know, the real estate, the secrets of the Canadian real estate cycle book 
isn't empty theory. It actually tells you exactly what you're supposed to do when the cycle changes. And, and frankly, um, your tax, tactics in Ontario, in Manitoba, in Saskatchewan, in British Columbia, in Halifax, I know Halifax is a city, not a province, in BC, everywhere across the country, do have to change. We have a new system and we have a new cycle that's kicking in. And if you don't, and you just drink the Kool-Aid that the market goes forever, then you're in trouble. So that that that's the most important part. Know your local market and change your tactics to fit them. Wow. Yeah, I love the analogy you use about the offense and defense, Don. That's, uh, I know we talked touched about it a, a couple times here, but um, I think it's very poignant to, you know, you know, good, good Canadian people who love hockey sometimes can, get, can, can understand that. So, so what would be some, um, just shifting gears a, a touch, what would be some strategies or some tactics as strategic investors that we should uh, employ in up markets? Like, for example, in Hamilton and, and places out in eastern Canada, there, I had people at a conference were talking about, geez, we can't find properties that fit the 8 to 10% solution because the values are going up. That's so, good. Yes. So what are some strategies that we can do in in upward trending growth markets right now? Um, Make sure that you're playing defense at the same time, because unfortunately Mm. we talk ourselves into properties. We justify them. I have done it before uh, in the past. I've been investing long enough, and somebody asked me today, so what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in investing? And I said, lesson? I learn lessons every single day as I I go along. And um, the the biggest lesson is, is to is to forget that markets slow down and, and, and they, they actually don't perform upwards all the time. And so in a market like that, let's, let's use Hamilton or Kitchener-Waterloo-Cambridge or something, your job right now, um, and I see a lot of people not doing this, is maximizing the revenue you can get out of that property right now. So, you know, oh, you can raise the rents, whatever, whatever the latest uh, percentage is in that province. Uh, you can raise the rents 1.7%. And people go, ah, it's not a lot of money. And then they don't do it. And then they don't do it the next year. And they don't do it the following year. And so now they're behind 5 6 7 8%. Um, right now, when the times are good, your tactic is to maximize the revenue, treat the tenants like the greatest customers that you've ever had, make sure that when the market does a blip that they want to stay with you, but at the same time, put money, a little bit of money aside every single month when, and so that, that when the market takes a breath, it could be for a short period of time or a long period of time, you have a buffer. And um, that's really, truly important. Get your, get your revenues up, manage this thing, get your expenses down, look at your mortgaging. Um, in, a, in a good market, be as diligent on management and advertising as you would in a down market. And that, that's what I would do. And I would, also, I would buy properties that are, you know, not bad break even and, uh, and a little bit above, but I would never buy, I would never buy a negative cash flow property, um, even if you can justify that you can afford it, because that's the last thing you want to do. What would you, what would you add to that, that list of golden tips there for, for upward trending marketplaces there, Patrick? Well, you know, I think I've always been a little bit more conservative in, in, you know, when you talk about an upward, I've I'm been always a little bit more conservative. So 
I'm not, uh, you know, I'm always the 20 or 25% down guy, even in an upward kind of market. I just don't believe in over leverage. So, you know, in any market, that's the case for me. I, uh, and and I want to always have access to um, to some cash. You know, I, I have to know that I've got a sleep at night reserve somewhere, a sleep at night fund reserve somewhere that um, I'm comfortable with. And looking at where the market is. So, you know, a little bit more detail even, you know, the difference between a, a, an Alberta market today and uh, an Ontario market today, I would doesn't matter. I would still be looking for where's my capital, where do I have access to it, and uh, that's, how I've, uh, that's how I'm built. That's how, kind of how I've always looked at it, in and up market or down. So a little bit of offense and defense always. And Russ, and, and as, as you as you look ahead. as you look at the at the as you look at the differentiation between a market that's in recovery or a market that's in a slump or you know one that's just kind of full out performing, um, your tactics change, but your underlying strategy doesn't change. Your strategy is to build a build a portfolio that can weather the storm, any storm, and take advantage of any trends that are happening right now. I'm telling you right now. Every investor who wants to be strategic has to start thinking millennials and has to start thinking transit. You've got a new federal government that's running around with a flag saying we're going to spend billions of dollars on infrastructure and transit. So take advantage of that. Watch those announcements. Watch where these things are going to be built. You've got one in Waterloo that's being built. You've got subways <laughs> that hopefully will be built or or even above lo- uh, above ground uh, transit in Toronto you've got Hamilton you've got the Vaughan line going out you've got the uh, the green line going in Calgary you've got the metro line being built to Mill Woods in Edmonton those rails though that that infrastructure is a wave that helps to push you along it's like surfing you know, like like with any surfing, if you if you time it right, you can ride it right in. If you time it wrong, you're either going to get pushed into the rocks, and or you're going to miss it completely. And so, in an up market or a down market, go back to who's going to be my customer, how long do we have that these, these are going to be customers, i.e., millennials, and what do the millennials want. And and although there's a lot of talk around millennials, I'll tell you right now that a lot of investors are ignoring that, especially in the hot markets. And um, and those who ignored it in Alberta are going to feel it much quicker and with much more pain in the downturn than those of us who didn't. And I think you hit it right on the head too, Don. You know, those are core. That's at the core and foundation of how you make your buying decisions. You know, and then you get into strategies based on what's going on with the economic you know, conditions of that particular region. But those are things that you're making core decisions around. Uh, and it's a great reminder. That's foundational. Yeah, and I'm just going to offer one one key tip that uh, someone shared with me during, during up times when you have extra cash sitting around, uh, which everyone's going, geez, I wish I, I wish I had that all the time. It's actually a really good opportunity to you know, make sure you have readvanceable mortgages on your places. And if you have extra cash kicking around, you can pay down some mortgages during the really good times, but you have access to that as a, as a readvanceable line of credit that if you can tap into if ever needed the cash down the road. So the best it's time about, to pay down mortgages planning. is when you have cash. <laughs> yeah, it's all about planning. That's, that's yep. how I see it. it, it it's um, we, we can... 
we can drink the Kool-Aid of the down market and we can drink the Kool-Aid of the up market. And that's what consumers and uh, and investors do, but strategic investors know that you can prosper. First, you have to stabilize, but then you can prosper in any market conditions, up or down. You just change your tactics. And um, and and is it scarier on the way down when the market's on the way down? Sure it is. Do you have to work a little bit harder? Absolutely you do. But that doesn't mean that you run for the hills and, 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 and cry in your basement. It's it, it's about changing your tactics. And that's and, – and Russ, I know, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but the heck with it. I'm going to say it anyway is that that's why the Calgary Acre is no longer the Calgary Acre. That's why it's being changed for a, a summit on strategies for downturns, how you can stabilize and prosper during this period of time. Because right now, right now, leadership's required, and, and, and we're going to do that. And I apologize for announcing it before you're ready. But, uh, um, peeps, if you have any any thoughts around Alberta, Saskatchewan, or any investments, or you live there? Um, yeah, this is going to be a game changer, and and um, I announced it too early, and I apologize. Well, the, the, hey, the best time to do it is right now. If not now, when? Right now. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking, how about next week when I'm uh, in Alberta uh, talking to the members in Alberta? That's when I was going to announce it. But thanks for stealing my thunder, Don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> so so, so let, let's. Let's touch on that, and I think you, you um, I think it's a natural segue to, to just jump right into what are some of the um, strategies on maybe on flourishing, and I know you talked about, Don, about stabilizing and then uh, flourishing and taking advantage of some markets that are in downturn. What are some strategies that we can look at for that? Well, the, the number one thing is the stabilizing. Um, that, you know, you've got a uh, population that is moving, they're losing their jobs, you've got uh, People moving out, you see vacancy, vacancies increasing, especially in the markets that aren't targeted or properties that aren't targeted at, the, at that millennial in my, uh, people who have moved into the region, the migrants, as we like to call them. Um, you're, you're starting to see the cracks in the portfolios show up. So what do you have to do? Well, your, your portfolio is nothing without great tenants. And in markets that have even, and I'm not predicting this, I'm not forecasting this, but even markets that have 30% or 40% vacant, that doesn't mean it's 100% vacant. So that means that your job as an investor right now in Alberta is to focus almost all of your effort on retaining and or getting great renters. Not all renters are disappearing. And you can never use a vacancy rate as an excuse it, it it all all it is is a number that says uh oh I better step up my game, I'm going to just kind of put the maybe the buy on 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 hold for a minute while I stabilize where I am, and let those let that stabilization help provide you um, some funnily enough stability, but also some confidence for you to then start slowly moving forward as the. Uh, the details come clear, you know, as the whatever's going to happen under the new royalty regime, whatever's going to happen with the, the pipelines, whatever's going to happen with the oil price. Right now, none of that matters. It hurts, and, it's a, and, and you read about it all the time, but none of it matters. You're, what matters right now is stabilizing your portfolio, and that's got one whole day we're going to talk about at that, um, at that new summit. But, um, but that's the number one thing you got to do right now. Stay out of the fray, and you own the day. If you're in the fray, 
it becomes a panic. And and, and under panic situations, you never make great decisions. Right. Now, Patrick, you had, um, you know, in 2008 2009 during you know the last uh, you know global downturn you had some you had some some uh, some challenges that came across in your portfolio do you have some um um some strategies that you guys did during that time when other people you know were were folding up tent you guys uh, actually uh, uh, stabilized it you put a lot of money into it and your portfolio came out stronger after that uh, can you share a few of your strategies you did during that time frame you bet. You know, I think that what what I've learned over you know the years in business, and it doesn't matter whether it's real estate or business, whatever we go through, there's always that period of time where it gets tested. You know, everything that we build gets tested. It's kind of you know the natural order of things, if you will, I believe. And and so as much as I don't like going through it, because I'm going through it just as heavy as anybody else can be. I mean, we're, we got our wins, but we've also got the weight that we carry around uh, what's going on because of a lot of our portfolio is and it happens to be in Alberta. But it leads to innovation and you know, when downturns happen, you have to sit back and not do what the average are doing. If you want to stand out, if you want to really succeed, you have to be innovative. Uh, you know, we, we learned, you know, first and foremost, back in that t- period of time, I, we really hit some big hurdles. You know, uh, we had a multifamily building that uh, at the time we had financed through ING. That it came due, the mortgage came due right in that period in 2009, I believe it was, right when ING says, oh, by the way, we're not going to... Uh, we're not going to uh, offer mortgages anymore, so uh, you're on your own. So we were scrambling to find uh, financing, in in this case in Grand Prairie, at a time when, guess what, banks weren't interested in financing. So we had to get very innovative. It took us months to get through it, and, and because I stayed on top of it, we got ahead of it, and we were able to finally find some financing, and we had to add some additional capital to it, which we had to free up through our portfolio. All of that said, it was we had to step back, look at what was going on. We were able to actually pull some cash off the table during that time, and and use it. And in the other side of that, we got very aggressive in terms of our communication with our tenants. For example, we wanted to see what they needed. We were maintaining our properties more. We were doing the counterintuitive things, which was we were putting money into our properties when, number one, it didn't feel like we had the money to do it, but we just said, you know something, given that people have options, given that our clients have options, we want the option to be us. Therefore, we had to present our properties in a way that was different than the average. And so uh, that paid off for us. We, uh, you know, leases that we knew were coming due in six months, we were sending letters out, uh, a tenant letter. We were sending out in advance saying, you know, you've been great tenants. Uh, Your lease is coming up. We want to talk to you about the lease. And so we, we increased our communication with our tenants so that we were actually being proactive in selling the tenant on continuing the lease, letting them know that, okay, we get it. Market conditions are such. Uh, what do you need that, uh, you know, wh- how do you like the property? What can we do to fix it up? And so we, in a time when vacancy rates were really high, our vacancy rate was very low. And that was because we just really focused on managing, looking after our tenants, treating our tenants like the customers that they are. Uh, we needed that income. We needed that capital. So we had to look after them, and that's how we stood out. That was led to some innovation. Um, I don't know if that's specific enough for you, Russell, but that's kind of how we approached it. Uh, we stood back from it and said, okay, how do we knock it out of the park with our clients, with our customers? Great two Bye. words that you said there, uh, Patrick. Um, during During times like this, you you innovated and you were proactive, and uh, and sadly, uh, only strategic investors seem to do that, 
Uh, regular investors, those who have just kind of learned or just kind of just uh, not really got the economic fundamentals or, or the, even the basic investing fundamentals really dialed in, um, uh, they're the ones who really begin to struggle. And and is it is it a struggle when there's a downturn? Of course there is. We're in it. We're in it just as deep. And um, but at the same time, it doesn't freeze you. You actually moved ahead and became innovative. How do we solve this problem? And that's that, that, I, I love that question. Every time there's some hurdle, it's like how do we get over this hurdle? Not oh well, hurdle stopped me. You know, but, one of the things too, Don is and Russell is that during that time. Uh, all I know is that when I came, you know, when when we were going to meetings and we were hanging out with other RAIN members that were sharing similar problems or, you know, bumping up against the same challenges and the hurdles that we were, out of those simple conversations came ideas. It sparked, you know, new ways to look at a problem, uh, you know, being able to have, you know, even being at a meeting and having a 10-minute conversation with somebody else that was dealing with it between them, you know, you bat some ideas back and forth, and then when you walk away and you think about it afterwards and go, you know, something I could take that and I can build off of that. That's part of being in the community. You know, that's one thing that I really want to push and 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 drive this year with Rain is the community and and really being in the community of like-minded people that are dealing with many of the economic. You know, and it's not just Alberta, by the way. I mean, Ontario is great, for example. BC is great, you know, as well. But at the end of the day, what we've got is an overview of what's going on globally. You know, Don, which you talk to a lot. So there's some there's some thought processes to be proactive that you have to pay attention to and say, okay, I'm just going to check in here. Are we doing what we need? Being in the community with people that are on top of those kinds of things really spark, to your point, some innovation number one, being proactive number two. Uh, and re- a reminder, number three, to step back and take a look and say, okay, i got to check in here. Am I paying attention to what's going on? What's my portfolio and in my business? Yeah. Wow. I, it's funny, Don, I was chuckling here. I, I wrote down the exact two words, too, of innovative and proactive as well on this. And, and, you know, just if you think about it, Patrick, the strategies you put forward of customer first and serving the customer better during during that downturn, you actually put the systems in place that you actually flourished and prospered even more during when the market uh, swung the other way, did, did it not? Yeah, it, excuse me. It sure did. And, I mean, that was a critical part of it. And I only, you know, there's two things, that, there's a couple things that I anchored to, you know, it's funny little things that you hang out in and when, when it gets, you know, when it seems, when the heavy, when the lifting seems to get heavy. You know, one is that, you know, during the Great Depression, there was, I think statistically, and I don't have the quote in front of me, but there was, you know, more millionaires came out of the Great Depression than any other time because it leads to innovation. Number, you know, and, and then the other side of that coin through that whole time, Russell, is, um, that we are now prepared differently going forward and we're going to have to build off of it again. And the other part of it was understanding that there's lots of, com- I don't want to say, there's competitors out there. And I don't want to use it, the, it's a funny way to look at it, but there's, when people have options, I want to make me the option. I want to make my business the option. Mm-hmm. And, and I just said, I kept asking myself and my partner, we kept saying, okay, how do we make ourselves the best option for them to come to? And I, with some of that was marketing, um, but more about when they walked in the door, they went, okay, this feels like home. This feels like the right place to be. And I was treated well and respected and all the kinds of things that you do to go above and beyond with customer service. And we like to believe we carry that through the season, you know, probably or through all cycles, probably we don't. Uh, but this forces you to step back and go, okay, we got to dial it in. You, you know, said something else. Again. Yeah, you said something else very, very, very important that I, I don't want anybody to miss is that 
we try to carry this through all cycles. But frankly, um, even the best of us during up markets and up cycles kind of let the market protect our weaknesses. And, um, and only when the market slows down do we start to see the cracks in our system. So it's funny how um, when our friends or our parents have heart attacks, suddenly we start getting in shape. Um, it's, it, this is a, we see people that get, get sick, and then so we start to say, oh, we're going to live for today, you know, that kind of thing. This is a really good opportunity for anywhere in the country to take a look at, the, at these strategies. How do you treat your tenants great? What kind of renovations should you be doing? Um, what kind of little extra little things can you do for your tenants uh, and, and or the value of your building? So that, it, that, that even during up markets, you're outperforming an up market. And, uh, and, and, and unfortunately, we often forget those, me, in, me included, uh, forget to put all of those things into action during a market where it feels easy to make money. Um, so good point, Patrick. It's like every part of the cycle we should be doing these things, but frankly we're all human and, and we don't all do them. So good reminder. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get complacent when things are really, really good. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the other uh, point I made down here very clear and put an exclamation point beside it is, you know, during you know during all – cycles of the market, how, how many times that we can each share a story of just engaging in the community of just coming there and re-engaging and getting an idea or getting a spark or just, you know what, I just have to have somebody I just have to talk to because I have something that I'm bumping up against and then somebody just has one person to introduce me to or just one idea. It's just re-engaging with the community is extremely important right now during times of economic changes. Yeah, what's funny, Russ, I've seen over the last 23 years when the, when the economic changes that's when people start going inward and or looking for something else or something that's more exciting and positive. And, and, and unfortunately, that's not how the market really works in the real world. That's how it works psychologically. But, uh, you know, but frankly, the, the, the time for support is when the time is there. And, um, and, and I, I, you know, I've seen all these things come and go, and I'm, I'm okay with it. But I really wish that, that people understood the, the incredible importance of making sure that you know that you're not alone, making sure that who you're talking to has been through ups and down cycles, making sure that uh, you're, you're not getting information or data that is skewed one way or the other. Um, and, and, and that helps you to play offense and defense at the same time. And, um, yeah, so the, you know, the relationships you have around you aren't there to make you feel good, Aren't make you aren't there to make you um, feel like a genius. They're there to help support you, and and that's who you should look at when you look at your circle and who you're surrounding yourself with. Is this is the person I really think that can get me through any bumps along the roads? That's all. That's a, it's a really simple question. Yeah, just just lean in, engage into the community. So I, you know, I'm looking at my clock, and we're probably nearing in around the. Uh, 40, 45 minute range. So I think we should maybe start um, having a couple uh, raps here. So, you know, not musical raps, please, no. <laughs> uh, Patrick, do you have any final comments that you'd like to uh, just share with everybody here before we, uh, before we put a wrap on tonight's webinar? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to always sh share some perspective that we gain from traveling, you know, from from one side of the country to the other. You know, what I want to, you know, for me, I look at what's going on in Ontario, and I, as I talk to so many members and you know, normal business challenges that they have, they are, 
you know, in how they have built portfolios, how they, uh, you know, rent their properties, their st- strategies, tactics were always based on, I, I don't want to use the word always, but have been based over the past little while on a a strong, strong, relatively strong economic environment. And so, but it hasn't been, it was never crazy like Alberta. It was never heated like Alberta. And, and Don, you could probably fill in with some better words around that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I always, you know, I always just link to the speed of which Alberta was traveling and the decisions that investors were making and how they were able to manage their portfolio or how they managed their portfolio. Ontario was never, hasn't been that for a number of years. You know, 4.2% unemployment in Alberta versus Ontario, which was always in that 6.8 to 7.1 and has been for quite some time. So they're already conditioned for a certain pace. Uh, Alberta investors is, is, are, are going through a reconditioning of, of, and a slowdown. So it's a, it's a screeching halt. Um, it's painful. I'm experiencing it. I'm in the trenches the same as everybody else. But there's a perspective that, you know, from Ontario's point of view, that they're looking at us and going, okay, well, that's pretty normal for us. I, you know, they don't have the same sense of it as, as investors in Alberta actually do. So it's always a little bit of perspective, right? So that as much pain as we're all feeling in Alberta, for example, um, it's, it's actually it's the, the test that we're going through is, is just it's interesting to see given where Ontario is, where they were, like I say, always in that same range of unemployment. Does that make, does that compute, Don Russell? No, I, I get what you're trying to say, and 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 um, what is a a corollary to that is I think that it's uh, you know I've seen it I've seen it so often, and I think that you have such amazing opportunities right now in Halifax. You have possible in Moncton. You have a tremendous opportunity in Barrie and in Hamilton and Kitchener Waterloo. I think that you and, and there's a couple of other spots in Ontario. You just get to the top investment cities from Ontario. You know, in Winnipeg, it's just going to keep performing. Um, uh, you know, like like Ottawa, just kind of chugs along. But no matter where you are across the country, it, it you have to get back to the fundamentals. The flash and dash is all fun and games. But I think that what's really important is that you get back to understanding that real estate is supposed to be just be a vehicle that funds your life. And and if you do that and you understand that, then you think about it like it's a business. And if you think about it like it's a business, then you start to think strategically. If you were to open a coffee shop, you would do an awful lot of work. You wouldn't just go to a seminar and say, hey, you know what, someone tell me, sell me a, a coffee shop. It's the same thing for a piece of real estate. You would do an off. You should often do, do as much work as you are to open a coffee shop in a neighborhood, than you are to buy a piece of real estate in that neighborhood. The unfortunate thing is, most people, investors, non-strategic investors, don't correlate real estate investing like it's a business. And like with any business, you want to put it where the people are going to go, and where the people are going to be convenient, and where there's a need. And uh, if if you do that, and you know your people are millennials, and they are going to want trains, and they're going to want a high walk score, then that's what you do. And then you allow the excitement and the flash of life to occur away from your investments. You know, and uh, make your portfolio boring. It ain't boring in Alberta right now, and it sure isn't boring in Waterloo on both ends of the scale. 
but uh, but the more boring you can make it, the better. That allows you to make smart decisions and allows you to actually, you know, not let real estate be your life, but actually just fund your life. And that's yeah. that's what's important. I wanted, All you right. know, the, the, I think the big thing around this, Russell, and the three of us on this call know, is that there's opportunities in any economy that what is going to change for RAIN member investors is the strategy and the tactics that they use given what's going on with the economic conditions in the region that they've chosen to invest in. And we know in Alberta, for example, there's going to be lots of opportunities that show up over the coming months in spite of all the dark and glooming, uh, you know, the gloom and doom that might show up on the headlines. And, of course, we go across Canada and opportunities exist, but strategies and tactics will change. Yep. And and as you say that, Patrick, I think um, just highlighted even more, I wrote a huge big note here after Don said, you know, getting back to the fundamentals, you know, sometimes people have just frayed away a little bit from the fundamentals, but it all comes back to everything revolves around fundamentals. And it's probably, and I think you would agree, Don, it's more important now that everybody dives into the real estate cycle book now more than ever, whichever cycle people are in. And, you know, we say that not because it makes money, because all the proceeds go to habitats. Would you yeah. uh, would you agree with that statement, Don? Absolutely. I, I think that knowledge gets, the more knowledge you have uh, and the more knowledge you absorb and more, most importantly, the more more knowledge that you use instead of just knowing, um, the better the better and less risk your portfolio becomes. If you like excitement, et cetera, and you want to really knock it out of the park with adrenaline rushes, ignore all of the fundamentals and just go buy something and hope for the best. But if you you know, if, if life is exciting enough or busy enough for you right now, then it's 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 time to really, really pay close attention, whether you're in Victoria or whether you're in Williams Lake whether you're in Red Deer, we're crying out loud, wherever you are, um, it's it's important to note that the fundamentals will always kick your butt or allow you to surf right up to the uh the hot dog stand on the beach. Your choice. And um and and I suggest that you allow the market to push you along and then when there's no waves and you're trying to surf and there's no waves, what do you do? You just change your tactics. Brilliant. I had also had a note here. Um, uh, Patrick, you're just about to hit send on a very important uh, email that's going out to, to all all members and all, all people out there about um, inquiring into people that want to participate in a, in a pretty uh, high-level survey and looking for some people that are interested in, you know, shaping the future of, of you know, the RAIN community and, and um all the programs and, and uh, things that are out there. Could you add a little more to what the survey is all about? Well, I think at the end of the day, yeah, thanks, Russell. I mean, at the end of the day, what what uh, the team and what I really want to drive is uh, clear communication uh, with the community in terms of what do we need to do to support them uh, more effectively, what do we need to offer that serves them well. And so we're sending out an initial, we'll probably push send, I think, next week on a, an initial survey, which is just to... Uh, invite people to participate in what we're going to call an advisory panel, and then on a you know, once or twice monthly, you know, basis, we're going to send out a very, very short survey. You know, it'll, these are surveys are intended two, three minutes max, 
to complete them. And it's just a way for you, uh, you the members and participants in the, uh, in the community to give us some insights into what they would look forward to seeing from us and what we can do to deliver. I mean, uh, we're just really committed to support the success of our members. We talk about it time and time again, and this is one of the ways we're going to do it with really clear communication and give everybody the opportunity to put up their hand and say, hey, I, want, I have something to say, and I want to participate in, in how our community evolves and, and what RAIN delivers to us. And so that's what I'm giving them the opportunity to do, and we're looking forward to uh, lots of input from people and uh, then taking action on it. Uh, you know, it, it's not falling, none of it's falling uh, on deaf ears, and we're actually implementing a number of changes as we go through the course of 2016, so we're looking forward to them all. And what's great about this is the, the last time we had such a disparate performance in markets in um, economically, and it became very regional again, you know, 15, 18 years ago, we, we, did, a, we did a survey, and it was, the, the results were really quite amazing and helped those who are in the, the markets that were underperforming perform better, and those who are in the hot markets perform better. So it, it was really, really quite interesting, and, and it, I'm looking forward to the exact same positive results from this one as well. Yeah, and, and Mr. Campbell, you're you're sequestering yourself in your in your office uh, the next uh, couple of weeks, and you're you're putting together your latest research that you're going to launch at the upcoming Acre program in in Calgary. Are you not? Oh yeah, we, yeah, but it's not the Acre program. Remember, yes, it's, it's the the, the yes. event formerly known as Acre. That's right. We're going to have to make a symbol <laughs> like Prince did. The, uh, That's right. Put it in purple colors. Yeah, the Toronto Acre is uh, we're in full swing for the Toronto Acre because that right now is exactly what we should be doing in the uh, uh, as investors in the Ontario market. There's some markets in Ontario that you don't want to be in. Uh, we'll talk about those in details and why. Uh, but also the Ontario uh, Acre is going to be amazing, and uh, I, I can't tell you any more about that because I've already broken one promise by telling him about the change in. Alberta, but uh, and and the one in Alberta, Russ. I have to be brutally honest. Is it's going to be amazing? But you said I'm going to be sequestered in my office. I'm actually going to be sequestered in a condo that's nowhere near here. That is much <laughs> closer to a beach. Oh sure, go ahead. That's where I write. That's where I write my best, and that's where I do a lot of my research. So I, I probably won't be sitting in the rain. Or the snow. <laughs> but believe me, the, the results will be awesome. Right on. Well, I look yeah. forward to that. And I, I think that's a, a fantastic place to put a, put a cap on tonight's uh, incredible conversation. Uh, first and foremost, uh, both Don and Patrick, just a you know, great heartfelt thank you for, for opening up and, and sharing some of your incredible insights. The, you, know, you guys have been through uh, the ups, the downs, the sideways, and for both of you, to you know, the leadership you're showing, and it comes across, and I just wanted to thank you on behalf of all our listeners tonight. Just thank you for your time and energy and attention to this very important conference call. Are you saying that we're old? Well, no, I've said you've been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we have. But thanks, uh, thanks, Russell. Thanks, Don. Cheers, guys. Stay on that fundamentals, not emotions, everybody. All right. And it's Russell Westcott from the Real Estate Investment Network signing off, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for attending tonight, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and engaging with the Real Estate Insider Podcast, a bold look at reality. Share the reality.